0: Mai tahuti mai rā ki Inside Parliament uh, He hōtaka o wiki E wherawhera whera ai tata i ngātake tōrangapū A kua whai rawatia e One News I tēnei wiki o te Reo Māori Kia kaha te Reo Māori
1: Kia ora, it's our 50th episode And we're coming to you from the legendary TVNZ Beehive studio I'm Benedict Collins
0: And I'm Mikey Sherman And let's first take a look at the latest tensions in the Coalition Government A symbolic photo opportunity We're not sitting any longer at a negotiating table. We sit
2: here at the Cabinet table.
0: And a chance for the Government to lay out the detail of its new Crown Māori portfolio. But in an unusual twist, the information didn't follow. I'm not going to um, pre-announce Cabinet papers. One News now understands it was due to New Zealand First and Labor disagreeing over the detail in Cabinet, postponing the announcement. The Right Honourable Gentleman over there still hasn't stopped acting as Prime Minister. Did New Zealand first veto the establishment of an agency for the Crown Māori portfolio in the Ministry of Justice? Well, look, I
1: can't answer that question because I don't have any recall of that.
0: Winston Peters, unwilling to answer questions about it today.
1: Tell written question I'll give you an answer because I'm not going to do it off the top of my head. I don't have a very present recall of that.
0: Well, Cabinet was only held on Monday. What do you, what do you mean you can't recall?
1: Well, because I want to know the exact detail on that before I answer the question.
0: But Shane Jones didn't hide his contempt just yesterday.
1: We need to be realistic about what we can achieve in the next uh, 24 months. Can we no longer believe ministerial press statements unless they're signed off by Mr Peters?
2: (laughs) No. Ridiculous.
0: It is the latest issue in a string of disagreements. Remember the three strikes law? Labour set to repeal but forced by New Zealand First to back down. Then there's the refugee quota. Labour keen to double it. New Zealand First though in no hurry. And recently employment law including whether to scrap the youth pay rate can't get rid of it because New Zealand First won't agree, is that right? Uh, Well, we're, you know, (laughs) we agree to
1: disagree sometimes. (laughs) I think people are talking about the tail wagging the dog for the first time uh, right now in this
2: government. We debate a number of issues, this is one of many, and we have good robust processes for
0: each. The Prime Minister sticking to her mantra today. All other policies go through a cabinet process. All other policies go through a cabinet process. A cabinet process that's not always straightforward with a coalition government. Yes, I mean,
1: what was it? What was it like on Monday waiting to go up for this, for this announcement that never happened?
0: Yeah, look, so we were invited, the media here in Parliament were invited uh, to go up to the Cabinet Room in the Beehive, um, and this room is uh, usually only reserved for Cabinet Ministers to meet in, uh, but they wanted to make this a symbolic announcement, um, announcing this the new details of this Crown Māori portfolio. Uh, however, when we were about to go up, uh, we actually had to wait around for... About a half an hour, at least a half an hour uh, it was delayed by and they were telling us that it was delayed because Cabinet was running over time. Uh, and so once we got up there we expected to hear some of the detail of this portfolio and it didn't come. And I thought at the time that was quite odd yeah. um, and then later on when I asked the Prime Minister at, at her post-Cabinet press conference uh, you know, uh, uh, for a little bit more of the detail around the budget, around the number of staff in, in the said new office uh, that we were told would be announced, um, she sort of didn't want to preempt any cabinet papers, meaning it hadn't been decided. Um, And so that was really odd, and And now we know why.
1: My my favourite bit is you asking, you know, Winston Peters... You asked him, hey, were you guys opposed to this? And he asked you to put the question in writing.
0: Yes, never have I ever uh, heard Winston Peters request a question in writing. You know, And even, even the fact that he said he couldn't recall. I mean, this is Winston Peters who would be able to tell you the day and the time that something happened uh, with such and such a policy back in 1987. You know, Winston yeah. Peters has the memory of an elephant. Uh, and so for him to say that he couldn't remember what happened just two days earlier... Uh, on quite a crucial uh, issue, um, I, I knew, you know, there was smoke and there was fire there.
1: Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, the, I mean, the serious part of this here, uh, like, you know, this is just one in a string of events where New Zealand first appears to have pulled the, you know, the rug out from under under Labor's feet at, at the very last minute. I mean, it's. Uh, do you think it's getting embarrassing f- for, for Labour and for Jacinda Ardern?
0: It has to be embarrassing. It has to be embarrassing. And sooner or later, the, the, here's the real threat here. Sooner or later, um, Jacinda Ardern will need to take a strong stand um, against uh, New Zealand First, against Winston Peters, and the pulling of the rug, um, as has um, um, been said so many times in the last uh, few weeks, um, uh, from out under Labour she's going to have to take a stand on that and Winston will have to lose on that because she is the Prime Minister. She needs to be seen to be in control. And when she's having to uh, take criticism from the opposition like she did in the House uh, just this week yeah. from Simon Bridges uh, on, on the issue of leadership, on the issue of prime ministership, um, it's, it's not a good look and, and it forces her into a corner and she'll have to come out hitting at uh, her coalition partners in order to make it clear... Who holds the power? Yeah. Oh, and I
1: mean, in your story, you noted, hey, they're, they're coming up towards their first year anniversary. Do you think, and I'm not sure, just wondering what you think, is it poor communication between New Zealand First and Labour that we're getting into these incidents? Or do you think it, it kind of suits Winston politically to... You know, to create a scene and get the get the publicity at the last minute.
0: I think this this um, part of it is to do with that. I mean, obviously, we know when we look at coalition governments and we look at those minor parties, they sometimes do tend to struggle. Um, uh, having been involved in, in that sort of larger grouping um, of a coalition government, right? We saw it with the Māori Party, we saw it with United Future and Act, uh, and so in order for them to remain relevant, to um, have their own independence and sort of still hold true to their own core beliefs, that, that, that of which their, their party members voted for them on, um, they have to um, make their own cases known, make their own voices heard, and this is one way of doing it, but it does cause that tension. So it's about finding the time and place, it's about finding the middle ground, when you're getting up to um, the fourth or fifth issue, as New Zealand First and Labour are now, we've, you know, as we noted in that track, we've passion, had justice, yeah, refugees, yeah. so and so, um, uh, it's becoming too much now, too much in, in such a short space of time. I mean, it has only been just a year. Uh, and so I, I'd say that there would be some stern discussions um, going on behind the scenes to sort of, hey, guys, come on, tone it down. This is, this is creating a bad look for all of us now. Um, and when we just need to come back and regroup.
1: Yeah, yeah. I guess risking, you know, starting to become to look dysfunctional. Out there, I guess. Hey, another story that we um, have covered this week. The government released the first part of its electricity price review. They're doing. Check out the story. <laughs> Too many people are struggling to pay for power. I think we could save some money.
2: I think
0: we do pay too much for power. It's disgusting really and they should do something about it. There's a lot of people, especially in the lower socio side of New Zealand, that can't even heat their houses up. So. Um, Sorted out.
1: A new report released today found households pay 80% more for electricity than in 1990.
2: The market is not working for everyone. New Zealanders deserve affordable electricity, but too many households are struggling to pay their bills.
1: What we are seeing is more than 100,000 Kiwi families missing out. They're in energy poverty, they're spending more than 10% of their income. That's a lot, and I think that's one of the reasons why we believe we've got to have a a really strong economy. The report found a two tier system has developed in New Zealand residential market. The few who shop around get much better deals while those who stay loyal don't. And that finding came as little surprise. What we know is that retailers their best offers are never advertised and they never tell their customers what their best offers are. But retailers say the system works. Switching is easy and over 22% of New Zealanders did switch their power company last year. The lines companies admit the industry can be improved but say it's not in crisis and is serving customers well. While the report found the industry is not making huge profits, it found some companies are shifting costs from businesses onto households.
2: Maybe fairness may dictate that some of those um, sharing of costs should be reallocated.
1: You could feel you're being ripped off. The government will now begin a consultation process with the public and businesses.
0: So Benedict tell us what you made of that report. Yeah, I mean, I was quite surprised,
1: I guess, to get in there and see, you know, that it's gone up 80%, you know, since 1990, when they deregulated the industry, it was supposed to make things much, much cheaper. But it appears, you know, it's really interesting to me that you've got that two-tier system, you've got a small portion of people who are happy to hunt around for the best deals, and just lots of people don't, whether they're not, you know, they're not able to find, you know, to go online and find those better deals through the, you know, the websites that are run, or, whether they're not capable of doing that, or whether they're just, you know, they remain loyal to their, um, uh, to their companies, to their retailers. You know, these guys just get burned. But I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, and I had a good chat with Tim Rudkin from uh, the chief executive of Saver and he was talking to me about what they're doing in the UK. Where basically they're forcing companies. So say you get your power bill, the, the companies actually have to tell you at the bottom, you know, of your of your, of your bill that you get the best rate that they could be offering you and it's very, very easy for you to change to that best rate. So so basically they're saying, hey, we're charging you twenty bucks a week, your best rate we could be charging you eight and it's simple for you. It's sort of in black and white right in front of you, it's really easy to change. So he'd be quite a fan of the New Zealand government, you know, making moves around there. But Another thing that's quite interesting in terms of those um, power prices going up for households is the government is taking more and more tax. Uh, GST over that time has gone from ten to fifteen percent so you know they 're taxing you on the energy that you 're paying you know to, to heat your home and to run your appliances and stuff like that. Uh, and uh, I think the Minister did say, you know, th- there's no suggestion from Labour or New Zealand First of the Greens that they're going to lower that take. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what sort of um, moves they do make in this in this area.
0: Yeah, like just watching your story, uh, and I think the part that really stuck out for me uh, was that power companies are not always sort of um, upfront or sort of offering um, their, their customers the, the best rate that they could potentially be on with that company. And I'm one of those people who... Who um, don't usually go out seeking that best rate? You know, uh, if I'm with a power company, I'll usually stay on with that power company until someone comes knocking at my door um, offering me a better deal. Only then, perhaps, will I change. So, you know, for those of us who maybe aren't as proactive—I won't mm. say lazy—I will <laughs> say proactive—in <laughs> yeah. uh, seeking out the best rate, um, I think it would be good if, if if your power company did sort of say, "Hey, actually, you could be on this rate. It would be better for you," yeah. um, and and that would. You know that would be nice.
1: Yeah, and I mean the other key figure I sort of took away from 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 this report that came out: hundred thousand households spending more than ten percent of their you know of their weekly income just paying those power bills. And you think, you know, if ten percent is going on power, then you've got your rent. Um, you know, things are you know you start running out mm. of money pretty quickly there. And I think it also hits people probably you know who are living. You know, in accommodation where there's not good heating or, you know, not not good curtains, stuff like that, where your houses are colder anyway to start with, those people are going to be getting smashed here. Um, So, so, you know, the government's, it's going to be interesting to see what action, if any, they do take. Hey, but um, uh, we can have a look back here at the um, TVNZ archive back to when um, the industry was all deregulated. (coughs)
2: With the government's energy reforms taking effect today, power companies have had to decide what business they want to be in, selling power or owning power lines. The industry should see more competition and more price competitiveness. Call us and we'll tell you how much you'll save. And that reorganisation of the industry has resulted in a whole raft of new companies entering the market from overseas. Also, local companies have had to merge to strengthen their business. On top of that, the government wants to split ECNZ into four. Contact was the first arm of the ECNZ to be split off. 40% of that was sold to American company Mission Edison. The other three arms of the former ECNZ will be Meridian, Genesis and Mighty River Power. Other players include Trust Power and TransAlta, along with two smaller groups, King Country and Central Electric.
0: I, uh, for example, changed my uh, electricity supplier uh, to obtain the benefit of a 15% drop in power prices and I'm already getting it in in my power bill and so are many thousands of other New Zealanders. So the benefits are there for small as well as large consumers
2: but analysts see only small benefits for small businesses and consumers and think the government needs more change and analysts say while we now enjoy low prices because of an oversupply of electricity that power is likely to be eaten up in the next few years so prices in the future with or without competition seem sure to rise.
1: Yes yeah, so you can see there um, when all the deregulation happened you know the, the real promises there of cheaper power for everyone and as we've seen with the report from this week perhaps not everyone's you know capitalizing on that and it, it, you know, actually prices have gone the other way for, for many, many New Zealanders. Hey, now let's check out the latest on the Claire Curran saga.
0: A minister at breaking point. Um, uh, uh I haven't, um... I- Claire Curran today forced to call it quits. Today I advise the Prime Minister that I have resigned from all my ministerial portfolios. I am, like the rest of you, a human being, and I can no longer endure... The relentless pressure. It's pressure which saw Claire Curran take personal leave from Parliament yesterday, the stress of this performance a day earlier becoming all too much. What government business has she conducted via her Gmail account?
2: Um, I have, I've answered um, OIA. Uh, Uh, OIA responses. If we're unable to fulfil our roles uh, we need to recognise when that happens. Claire's recognised it and that's why she's resigned.
0: It's been a downward slope for the Dunedin South MP. Just two weeks ago she was demoted from Cabinet following an undisclosed meeting with entrepreneur Derek Handley. It was strike two for the Minister I'm very sorry for what has happened. who just months earlier was again forced to apologise over another meeting under the radar with Then, Radio New Zealand's Carol Hirschfeld. This was a mistake. The former minister admitting her mistakes, but... My mistakes have been greatly amplified. Ultimately,
1: being a minister is being beholden to high standards.
0: Chris Farfoy will take over the role of Broadcasting Minister, while Penny Henare will pick up Associate Minister for ACC. As for Claire Curran, well, she'll remain in Parliament as Local MP for Dunedin South. Claire Curran hasn't been the only one under pressure, with Jacinda Ardern losing her First Minister.
2: These things do happen in office, it all comes
0: down to how we manage it. The opposition arguing Claire Curran should have been sacked months ago.
1: The Prime Minister needs to have uh, a big share of the responsibility in this because she's been weak in her handling of it.
0: The former Minister refusing to take questions today, the Prime Minister though left with plenty to answer. So obviously a very bad week there for the government. Very bad week indeed for Claire Curran. Did you see it coming? Do you think, Benedict?
1: Well, I thought, you know, it was it was so messy what happened earlier this year with Carol Hirschfeld um, You know, getting I think she resigned or you know been shown the door at RNZ over the secret meeting. She was minister for open government. I mean, when you hold that portfolio, you've, you've got to be so squeaky clean. And I mean, clearly what was going on here. You know, with meetings not being declared, that's that's simply not good enough. I thought it was interesting, um, Greg O'Connor, the Labor backbench MP this week, getting in trouble for saying, you know, this could have been better handled. I mean, he's he stating the obvious there. I mean, the Prime Minister booted her out of cabinet, left her with some portfolios. But, you know, she's clearly in a place where she wasn't capable of asking, you know, oh, sorry, answering pretty straightforward questions. What have you been using your Gmail account for when it comes to your ministerial business? She was under enormous pressure personally. That's really clear. I mean, the Prime Minister should have taken all those portfolios off her and and, and avoided that whole scene. When, When you've got a person who's, you know, in that position, you know, personally, I think, you know, would have been a lot cleaner for the Prime Minister to take all those portfolios from the, you.
0: And the other thing that I sort of um, noted with Claire Curran's resignation um, was her deflection, I th- I would say, of, of responsibility. She did not take full responsibility um, for the situation of which she found herself in. Um, she tried to blame it on others in terms of saying that um, there had been undue pressure put on her. Um, those are the standards, and I hate to quote uh, Simon Bridges here, um, but as Simon Bridges um, uh, said, uh, um, there, are, there are higher standards for ministers, right? Um, and so they, they can be expected to be held to that higher standard. And I don't think that it was undue pressure. I think she just could not perform uh, her role and her duties. So um, it, it was disappointing to see a minister um, try to deflect and not take full yeah. ownership um, of of her mistakes.
1: Yeah. Hey, and the other minister who's in uh, um, you know, under investigation at the moment. Quick update there, Mika Feitiri spoken to the uh, Department of Internal Affairs this morning. They say they still haven't finished their investigation into that alleged assault on a staff member um, that we understand is, is being contested by the, by the Minister. Uh, so still no progress, um, nothing to report there in terms of finality.
0: Yes, but um, Nationals seem to think uh, they understand otherwise. I mean, we did see that tweet. Uh, we saw a tweet just this morning from Paula Bennett um, claiming that it's her understanding, and she told me that she had heard it from two separate sources... Um, that mekawhaitiri would stay and that uh, that a um, an announcement would be imminent. Um, however, for balance, we did check with the Prime Minister's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Office who refuted yeah, that entirely. Yeah. Um, well, it doesn't so sound like
1: they've got the report
0: yet. No, they don't have yeah, the report yeah. yet. So that's that. Hoi anō, tātou mā, ko Inside Parliament tēnei, mō tēnei wiki nei, te wiki o te reo Māori. Kia kaha tātou ki te kōrero Māori, a hakoa kiwhia, a hakoa kōwai. Maori ora
1: and we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And it's available every Thursday evening on the One News Facebook page. And check us out on your favourite podcasting apps. Kia ora.